turn your Bibles at this time to the book of Acts in chapter 11. Acts in chapter 11. And while you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just inside of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of the road giving you directions to the meeting house of God's people here on Laurel at Old Town, praying God would just bless the radio broadcast and WGOH. We're thankful that you've taken time to tune in to that. And maybe you're listening by way of sermon audio on the computer, wherever you're at around this world. I'm praying that the Lord will just do a mighty work and a mighty act upon your life. That the Lord would be gracious. You know, oftentimes we speak about the graciousness of the Lord. Brother Jim, I believe, brought it out as plain as it could be brought out this morning about how blessed we are because of God's goodness toward us. It wasn't anything that we have done or anything that we earned. It was by His mighty hand and mercy, His grace that He uh, poured out upon you and I. The reason why we're here today saved by God's grace is because of the amazing miracle that He loved us even before the foundation of the world. To me, I find that to be a miracle. We're talking about the holy God of heaven. We're talking about the God who has created all that is or ever was or ever will be. He knew all about us in our past, in our future, in our our present time. He knows everything that we have done or ever will do. And yet, He loved us enough to send His Son to die for us on the cross of Calvary. To pay our sin debt. Folks, I cannot wrap my mind around that wonderful truth. And I'm thankful and I pray that God will do the same even in this house today. That He will bring to life. That individual who is dead in trespasses and sins, and that's the way we all are, were brought into this world spiritually destitute and spiritually dead. We need the hand of a mighty God to awaken us and quicken us and make us alive. That's what Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 is all about. It's you who hath He quickened, in, in Ephesians 2, 1 says. In other words... You hath He made alive. It was God's work that made us aware of the fact that we needed salvation in our lives. And I'm praying that that happens in this house this very day. In Acts chapter 11, I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. As Peter, as, as the Apostle Peter here is beginning to, to instruct and to talk of the things of God, I want you to listen to the things that are brought to pass here. We'll read down through verse 18. And the apostles and the brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. That's you and I here today. You are the Gentile race. You are those that that the Lord, the Bible says here, have received the word of God, received the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 2, And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem... They that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest in to men uncircumcised, and didst eat with them. Boy, aren't you glad today? Aren't you glad today that 
When Jesus come in, He didn't wait for us to get good enough to meet the standards of the Bible. He just saved us right where we was at. Amen. Aren't you glad? And that's you know these these uh, these Jewish people here. They were they were looking at Peter and they were thinking, how in the world could you go and and sit down with a bunch of uncircumcised Gentiles? But listen to Peter. And Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel descended as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me, upon the which when I had fasted fastened my eyes, I considered and I saw a four-footed beast of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. Can you just imagine what Peter was beginning to see here? Now here, here, was, a, here was a little man that, that was uh, by the law, he, he was just as Paul was, completely instructed in the things of God, what he could eat and what he couldn't eat. You remember that now. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven, and behold, immediately there were three men already come into the house where I was and sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me to go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into a man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house which stood and said unto him, Send me to Joppa, send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. That statement alone is enough to grab a hold of you, isn't it? It's the words that are able to make the wise unto salvation. He said, Peter's going to tell you how to be saved. And he's going to tell you what it is to turn to the Lord. He was saying that not only this man, but his whole house might be saved. This is what we call household salvation, amen. This is what we wish for. This is the reason why we pray for our little children when they, when they first come into the house of God. When they're, after they're born and their parents ask us to ask the blessing upon them and, and, and to dedicate them unto the Lord. Listen, I want you to know this is the reason why that they may come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. That they may know Jesus. That they may turn to Him as I prayed at an early age. 
And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us, who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. I want to bring a message today, turning unto the Lord. Almost gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne again today, we thank you. Dear God, we praise you for your great salvation. And Father, as we open up thy word this very Lord's day, dear God, we're praying that salvation will come to this house. Father, we're praying that your Holy Spirit will visit the heart of the undone, that one who is yet dead in trespasses and sins. And dear God, that you may wake them, that they may see their need. Lord, I pray that you would bless in this house the saved. Help us to be reminded, dear God, as Brother Jim brought before us this morning, the great lesson for us. Lord, all these works were done for us, for your honor and for your glory. Now, Father, I pray that you will bless this day. Bless it with salvation. And bless it with the blessings that only thou can give thy people. Forgive us, dear God, for our sins, for our shortcomings wherewith we have failed thee. We'll not forget to give you all the praise and honor and glory, for it's in Jesus Christ's name, his sake that I pray. And amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, what a demanding charge. Amen. What a demanding charge that God also have to the Gentiles granted repentance. I believe it's a charge even to us as we look at the, the whole of the chapter and Peter as he began to wonder about the things that he had saw in the vision. How God had spoke to him certain things and it was a great, great calling I do believe. For him to go and to go where he's called to. What a demanding charge. A charge even to us in this church age in which we now live. Church family, I truly believe exactly what God's Word says. And I believe every word of it. And I believe in Matthew chapter 28 that he tells us to go and to preach the gospel for a reason. Because there's lost souls out there that need the salvation of the Lord. Peter understood the charge that was brought forth in the book of Matthew. He understood the charge of, Go ye therefore and preach to all nations, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Folks, I want you to know today that the Word of God has commanded us to go forth and preach the glorious gospel, the way of hope, the way of salvation. That's what Peter 
was sent to do in this text. Now I want you to think about this. In the words of the great Apostle Peter, it was to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Now friend, I want you to know something. I'm not preaching a works for salvation message here. As a matter of fact, those kind of messages are, are falsehoods. Because the Bible teaches there's only one way of salvation, that's through Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And without that, there is no salvation. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we're preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ today. In other words, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for salvation. There's only one way of salvation, and it's through Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So, who are we, the church of the living God, supposed to go to? You say, well, is this a... Gospel message or is this a message to the church? Well, it's a little of both, to be honest with you. It's a little of both. And I want us to realize that not only do we support those missionaries around the world who go for us, but we have a work to do right here in our own Jerusalem as well. Not only in our own Jerusalem in this community, but in our homes. I believe that God's people have a have a religious duty to bring forth the gospel to their children and grandchildren. I believe it is a solemn duty and a solemn calling that God places on every parent that's born again, saved by the grace of God. Bring your children up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. Folks, I want you to know something. There is blessings in the teachings of the Word of God. So, Again, we are to be a witness to the lost. We're to be a witness to this dying world around us, beginning with our very own, and then branching out as we go. Folks, that's the reason why today that we prayed the prayer that we did so for the Carter family. Listen, I want you to know something today that I think it's very important we bring these children up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Is there a guarantee here? Well, the guarantee is this, that, that you're doing exactly what you're told to do. And I believe that's a blessing that God can bless His people with. But I want you to think about, first of all, what are we, what are we supposed to do? Don't be guilty of putting it off, first of all. You know, I hear that all the time. Well, I'm just going to wait and... I'm going to let these children decide for themselves what they're going to do about salvation, about what they're going to do about the Lord. Folks, you know that goes right against Bible truth. I mean, the Bible teaches all the way from the, from the early pages of its beginning all the way through to bring up a child in the way it should go. Amen? Bring up a child in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Bring up a child to respect the, the elders in the church and to respect the church itself. That's one of the main problems in America today. People have forgotten to teach the respect for the church and for the church itself. Sad thing, but it's true. 
Used to, you would never hear hear people going against the church or saying uh, uh, mean and demeaning things or doing things to to hurt a church. You wouldn't, you would never have seen such a thing back in the earlier days. But now we have generations that have grown up without the fear and the admonition of the Lord, without godly parents bringing them up, teaching them that the house of God is a good place. Amen. It is a good place to be and it's a good place to come and and to enjoy your salvation which is what we're going to be speaking on tonight even the joys of salvation. I sat down this past week and I sat down and I began to to write these these things out about the, the joys of our salvation. Folks, there's no greater life than the life of a saved life. Amen. There's no greater joy than to know the rejoicing of real salvation. But for all our purposes here this morning, I ask the church today, are we guilty of putting off what we could be doing? Are we guilty? Listen, I've heard people say, well, listen, you don't need to go down there. They're, they're, they're doing drugs and you, don't, you need to be careful about that. You know what people need that are doing drugs? You know what they need most of all? They need somebody to tell them about Jesus. They need the Lord's salvation is what they need. They need that which is going to change your lives radically. Listen, uh, 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 just downing people never, will never change their life in a, in a radical way that's going to make any meaning, meaningful difference. Salvation is what the world needs. And saved by the grace of God is what they need. They need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 28, if you'll go there with me, we'll look at this scripture. And I want you to think about this beginning at verse 18. In Matthew chapter 28, listen, don't be guilty of shunning even the wicked in society. Because such would be some of you had it not been for the grace of God. Amen. Where would you be today had it not been for God's grace in your life? Where would you be today had it not been for God expanding His mercy towards you and bestowing grace in your life? I'll tell you where I would be. It's a shameful thought to think where I would be had it not been for God's intervention in my life. But I thank God where He's placed me. Amen. He's placed me in His tender loving care. He's placed me in His family. He's placed me in salvation. Matthew 28, verse 18, the Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That takes us back to Romans 8, doesn't it, 31. Brother Jim, I tell you, I appreciated that, that lesson this morning. I really enjoyed that. I tell you, I, when you think about what God's done for us, listen, if God be for us, Who can be against us? This scripture here says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. What is that saying? That first teaching there, where it says, Go ye therefore and teach, that is the preaching of the gospel right there. That's the... That's the promoting of the the Lord Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection to a lost and dying world. How else are they going to be saved? There's no other way but Jesus. Amen. There's no other way. What happens once they're saved by the grace of God? 
They need to be taught the Word of God. And that's where you come into verse 20 where the Bible says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Folks, I want you to know something. There's our marching orders. As a church, as a New Testament Baptist church, as a church of, a, of, of the new age, the new day of grace here, I want you to know that we have a responsibility to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But where, we, where do you begin? The world is a massive place. You begin right outside those doors there after you've done your work in the house. Amen. After you've given your children the Word of God and after you've promoted the Lord Jesus Christ in their lives, listen, that's where you begin to expand and go out into all the world. The Great Commission is to go preach, to go teach. Teach the sound doctrine. The first part of the Great Commission is to preach the gospel. Folks, I want you to know something today that that is the most important thing that we can do as a church family is to spread the glorious news of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You know, every time that we go out, every time that we go out and we're, we're canvassing this, this community and we're doing so with gospel tracts, we're doing so with a, a verbal invitation to come to the house of God and, and tell them about Jesus. Folks, I'll tell you, you're fulfilling the Great Commission right here in your own Jerusalem. You're fulfilling the Great Commission right here, right at home, right where Jesus Christ says, you stay here until you be endued with power. In other words, you stay and you preach and teach right here, and then I'll send you into all the world. Folks, I want you to know something. What a joy it is to know that salvation is of the Lord. And today... He says to go and tell others around you. Do you tell your children? Have you give the gospel to your little ones? And you know, oftentimes back in the book of Deuteronomy, you go through Deuteronomy and there you'll see where uh, you're commanded, the man was, the father was commanded, listen, you teach your little ones. I believe the first responsibility falls on dad's shoulders. I believe that's where the first responsibility falls. Now it doesn't leave the, the wife out of it. It doesn't leave the mother out of it. Listen, I want you to know that I believe that it is the man's responsibility to bring his family into the house of God and to bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Folks, amen. Did I hear that? I see some women nodding heads. I'm going to give you all a sign here one of these days that says amen on it. Listen, I want you to know something. It is a responsibility of dad to, to bring in the family of, into the house of God. It is a responsibility of dad to, to make sure there's family devotions going on. There's the gospel's being brought forth in the home and, and you're telling your little ones about Jesus and about the hope that you have. See, that's what Deuteronomy was telling their dads. Back in the book of Deuteronomy, the they were telling their dad, listen, you tell them what hope you have. You tell them about the hope that you look forward to. Folks, I want you to know something. 
Our children are never going to be saved unless, first of all, they hear the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And who better to tell them than mom and dad? Amen. Who better to tell them than grandma and grandpa sitting around the dinner table or the supper table and listen, and there they are, they are explained and, and there they are told about the way that Jesus came and died for their sins. Folks, there's no greater way and no greater person than mom and dad. You say, well, I'm going to leave it to the Sunday school teacher and the preacher. Listen, our responsibilities are set, but so is yours. You're to bring your children into the fear and the admonition of, well, how do you do it without teaching them? Why should we expound the gospel? Well, go to the book of Romans with me for just a moment, and then I'll have to move on. Romans chapter 1, and notice what the Apostle Paul says here. Paul says in verse 14, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Why? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Folks, there's a reason why the word has spread the gospel. Because it is the means by which lost people may be saved. Right there is the truth. Why preach or teach the gospel? Because faith in Christ secures salvation. In John chapter 3, again, I use this a lot, I know. I'm not going to hurt it. It's not going to get wore out, so don't worry. John chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, the Bible says that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That word everlasting and the word eternal, are both they both mean the same thing. It's infancy. So I want you to think about that. In John 5, 24. John chapter 5, verse 24. The Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word. Listen. I can look out over this congregation. And I can see young ones that are... Uh, and I'm not talking babes in arms. But I'm talking about children that are come to an age of accountability. And I'm, I'm coming to a place here where the Bible says, Listen. If you believe what the Bible says, you may be saved. How do you believe? You have to hear the Word of God. You have to hear the glorious gospel. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Folks, I'll tell you what, I can go on and on and on. The Bible's full of invitations to come to Jesus, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified because it is the means by which you're saved. In John eleven twenty five, 25, as, as Jesus Christ had been, had been speaking to Martha, and I want you to think about this, He said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. 
Folks, I want you to know something. That's what it means to be spiritually dead, to be destitute without. But when you hear the word, the gospel, the glorious way, the glorious good news, you believe what the Bible says about what Jesus done on the cross of Calvary, how that He came and He died for your sins. He paid your sin debt. That's when it really becomes personal. Put yourself there. He died for me. He died to set me free. He died that my sins may be forgiven. All of my sins. You may be looking at me as a young person and say, Well, preacher, I haven't got that many sins. The Bible says you're born in sin and that there's enough. That's enough right there. You're born in sin. Whether you have lived a perfect life from that point on, you still have the contaminated blood of the first Adam coursing through your blood, coursing through your veins, and you need to be saved from what it brings. It brings the life of sin. Where do you stand today? Are you in this house today and unsaved? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Listen, believe what the Bible says. Believe what the Bible says and thou shalt be saved is what God's Word says. Do you believe? In John chapter 12, we're right here close in verse 46. Here the Bible says this. Now get a hold of this. He says, I am come alighted to the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. You shouldn't remain, you shouldn't remain a lost sinner, at least after you've heard the glorious gospel. You know why? You've heard the truth. You've heard the way of hope. You've seen the way of salvation. And I pray that even this very hour that that salvation comes to you. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Romans in chapter chapter number 10, please. Romans in chapter 10. You've got a questioning. Maybe right now you're questioning why, what, how, and when. I've had a lot of people ask me, when, preacher? When will I be saved? When will I know Jesus? Well, what does God's Word say? Verse 8 of Romans 10 says, The Word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. You know those, those what, we, what a lot of the people like to call nursery rhymes? Those little verses that you learn, listen, they're, they're, they're more powerful than you'll ever, ever really realize. Those little words like John 3.16 that I just read, listen, they're powerful. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. You can say, you can recite John 3.15 and 16. And it's in thy heart. In other words, you know deep down, you know the way of salvation. That is the word of faith which we preach, he says. That if thou shalt confess to thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Friend, that's the gospel in a nutshell right there. 
Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's what Paul and Silas told the Philippian jailer when he asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Folks, that's what I'm talking about today. I love to see household salvation. I like to see... I like to see our children saved by the grace of God. Amen. The Bible goes on to say, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they, how shall they believe in Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher or somebody that speaks forth the Word of God? It doesn't have to be a man of God. But usually the man of God truly has the way of truth. But listen, it could be any one of you that preach forth the words of hope. You could bring forth that which brings about joy. The joy that I'm going to be speaking on tonight. Listen, the joy of salvation. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is the sending note for all people of the church to go forth to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus to preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things but the sad point of the matter is you have verse 16 where the Bible says and Isaiah said Lord who has believed our report who has believed our report how many out here in these pews today are saved by the grace of God? Who have believed the real report that Jesus Christ came expressly to die for your sins, to pay your sin debt, to pay your hell that you can never repay? Who have believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Folks, I want you to know that's the reason why that I offer nothing except for God's Holy Word here. I don't have any self-help books. This is the only help book that I have that will do you any good. That's the glorious Word of God. This is what needs to be preached and taught today to a lost and dying world. Now secondly... Who are we to go to? To all the world. Where do we start? Within these walls and out that door. Have you told others about Jesus? It's the greatest message of hope, folks, that you'll ever send to anybody. The way of salvation. Many of today's so-called gospel churches wouldn't even walk down the road to give the gospel 
and I'm thinking about Brother Pearson. Brother Pearson is a man who's going everywhere, and it doesn't matter who it is or where they're at. He's going to the drug dealer, he's going to the drug abuser, and he's telling them about Jesus. Folks, I'll tell you what, you need to pray for that man. You need to keep praying for Brother Pearson. He don't let it, he don't let the fact that she's a prostitute stop him from telling her about Jesus. He doesn't let the fact that they're an adulterous person and they need to know Jesus, folks. That's that's what the problem is. They don't know Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do to do is to go out and preach the glorious gospel, the way of hope. In Luke chapter 23, you see the fact that Jesus Christ spoke to the thief on the cross. You know, there's a few things in life that I detest. I reckon one of them is a thief. But I'll give him the gospel and pray that the Lord changes his lifestyle. Amen. I don't like for somebody to come in and take what I've worked hard for all of my life to get. I don't. I mean, I was robbed once and and that set an edge on me that I cannot seem to get rid of. I lost things that were important to me. But you know what? If that man was able to come back today, I'd give him the gospel and tell him about Jesus. Folks, if Jesus Christ talked to the thief on the cross, why can't we talk to the thieves? I go on over and I think about what was found in John chapter 4 where we see there was a harlot who was given the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what happens? It changes lives. You go on over and you look at John chapter 8 and you see the woman that was caught in adultery right in the very act of it. Who was the one that began to talk to her? Jesus. Everybody else wanted to kill her. Jesus Christ makes a difference, friend. That's the reason why that we shouldn't shun people anywhere regardless of who they are, regardless of what they're doing. All they, they just need Jesus, amen? They need the Lord. They need to be saved by the grace of God. And the only way they're going to be saved is through the preaching of the glorious gospel, through the telling of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. They need to be set free like John 8 says. John in chapter 8, I'm going to turn over here and I want you to think about this. You know where I'm going. John chapter 8, the Bible says it very plainly in verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Why? Because you believed, as it says in verse 31. Verse 36 says, And if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So to you who are here today, or maybe you're out in radio land, maybe you're somewhere around the world listening to sermon audio, go in the power of His might. Amen. Go in the power of His might and watch God begin to work in your homes, your communities, place of leisure. You say, well, what's that? That's down on the lakeside, Brother Manuel. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard how Brother Manuel talks to people. 
I've heard Brother Johnny Cox says he talks about you know talking to people when he's sitting on the roadside maybe selling his selling his produce. He's got a way of talking to people about Jesus. Folks, wherever you're at, you can make a difference in the lives of those around you if you're saved by the grace of God. You can give them the hope of salvation. You can give them the glorious gospel. Those individuals that are on the job that are always filled with filth and and misnomers, listen, don't shun them, just tell them about Jesus. That's one of the hardest things that I learned when I was in construction. What they need is the Lord. That's what they need. They need the Lord, folks. Wherever you're at, just tell them about Jesus. He can make a difference. He can make the difference where you can't. He can make the difference where society won't. He can change everything. So go in the power of His might. Tell your children about Jesus. Grandma and Grandpa, I say, tell your grandchildren about Jesus. It's important. Don't leave them to the world. Listen, don't leave them to the world out there. You make sure they've heard about Jesus. You tell them first about the hope of salvation. Spare them of the trouble that's lying out there in the world. Listen, I would to God that people would really realize what they're doing when they take their people, their children, and they throw them to the world. Listen, make sure that you tell them about Jesus. Make sure that they know and understand that Jesus is a way of hope, of salvation, the way of peace, the way to find joy. You may find some times of refreshment in the, in the world, but you're never going to find true joy until you know Jesus as your Savior. So go, tell your children about Jesus. Mamma and Papa, tell your children about, grandchildren about Jesus. You go in the power of His might, you watch how things can change. You be a light in this old world. Matthew 5, 16 says that we're to be a light in this dark world. We're not to put our light under a bushel. In other words... You're not supposed to hide the fact that you're a Christian. Tell others about Jesus. Tell them about the hope that you have. The joys of salvation. Know how I pray that God will bless and touch hearts even in this house today. Let's all stand please.